comfortable as much as you can be with saying no. I've got this phrase that served me well, although it's very difficult to do because if you're in real estate, you come out of the space you want to do Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is FunNetFlip, and they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who FunNetFlip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of FunNetFlip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. FunNetFlip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever, and you'll get a free deal analysis tool that'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports. And that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. With us today, Jared Sleeth and Brooke Kane. How you doing, Jared and Brooke? Good day, Joe. We're doing great. Doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to have you both on the interview and having a conversation with you both. It's not typical that we double up, and this is a unique circumstance because Brooke is the president and CEO of Kane Homes, and Jared is the investment manager at Kane Investments. I'm going to give you a little bit about Brooke. He has over 30 years of experience in the real estate business, land and new homes builder, built over 1,500 homes. He's also a private money lender, $6 million in capital and 25 loans at one time, has 86 residential rental properties as a partner with another company. And Jared is a real estate investor as well, as I mentioned, the investment manager at Kane Investments, which is a private money lending company, has been investing over four years, all while working his full-time job. And in August of 2016, quit that job to invest full-time. Their company is based in Baltimore, Maryland. With that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus. This is Jared. I started investing in real estate about four years ago. I come from a career in test and measurement. I, basically, I sat in a lab all day and took measurements, and it was very unfulfilling, and there wasn't a very bright future for me there. And I was looking for that bright future, and I came across real estate. I started buying some rental properties, and that was going really well for me. And I came across investments sometime last year, and Brooke and I met, and One thing led to another, and I ended up working for him, and I made that jump out of the corporate world in August 
and now I'm investing full time. My story's a little different and a little longer because Jerry was half my age, and I started. Uh, we had my, my dad had a, a landed home in a new home construction firm, Southern Railroad, which is the south of Annapolis, south of Washington. For a number of years, we would basically buy the farm, cut it up, build the houses, rinse and repeat. And the regulatory environment got worse and worse over the years. And I really wanted to move to Baltimore where there's more opportunity. And the depth of the market back in 2011, we just finally did. And while that company is still building houses down there and I can run it from far with a great staff, we came up here in August of 11, started doing flips with another person. They eventually migrated to where we started money, not just to that person, but to a bunch of other 12, and then started doing our own rental portfolio, and that has grown to, I think we now have like about 89 homes since we started September of 14, and we've got 25 or so yeah. hard money. About 25 months. Yeah. So we're expanding that as we bring in more capital and continue to do the rental investment portfolio, expanding that. So now the concentration is expanding your rental portfolio that's buy and hold as well as doing more private money loans. Did I catch that right? Yes, exactly right. So your company has started in the, I don't know about started, but a lot of the focus has been on development and building new homes. What are the reasons why you've shifted? Is it just because of the market or is it because of other pros and cons to development versus private money lending? That's a great question, Joe. This is broke again. The land development world and new home construction, regardless of actual market conditions, particularly in the Maryland area, has become very, very regulated. And you couple that with the national reality that land development and new home construction for the small builder building like 50 a year, let's say, like we were, it's getting those smaller companies that are being ground with the, the bigger national builders that are, quite honestly, you know, greater capitalized and they have larger staff. They can wait out the regulatory environment create lots. So the nature of the new home construction world has changed dramatically over the years. And that was as much uh, the reason for us migrating away from that industry. While we still have a presence, it is not the focus of our business. And then we came to Baltimore with knowledge that there are other opportunities up here and indeed has, has come to pass. But the new home construction land development in general is being dominated by the more and more greater market shares taken by the national publicly funded new home construction company. Just right before we jumped on this call, I was talking to one of my clients and he asked me if I was interested in looking at new development deals. And I said, emphatically, no, I am not. I've done so many interviews and I got a taste of it firsthand with something that didn't end up going to closing table, but I still ended up losing about 12 months of my life and probably... $10,000 $10,000 or something, just trying to suss out the opportunity, which of course it was all learning experience, blah, blah, blah. But the takeaway is I didn't make any money on it. And I've interviewed a lot of investors on this show. 
some development. And I always try to understand what's the risk versus reward because it seems like the more developers I talk to, the more that I can get not get get makes it sound like I'm trying to accomplish something. I'm really not. I'm just trying to learn. But most of the time they end up saying, well, I actually don't know if there's more reward relative to risk. It basically balances out. The real reason why they still do it is they just love it. But the risk really is tough on development. How were you able to be successful with the risk that is associated with development when you were actively focused on development? One, if you're in the village, Brooke again, another good question, Joe. And we were kind of big fish, small pond. So by that, I mean you had to be both a developer and a builder. You could not do both. In larger kind, larger market areas, you can have just a, be in the development business or you can just be in the building business buying finished ground. In our world there, you had to be both a developer and a builder. The builder gave you the short-term cash flow that allowed you to stay in a long-term ground. And whether it takes so long now, particularly in Maryland, to go from what we call raw to record. In other words, the lots finally proved, platted, much less put the infrastructure in and finally build the, the house and make everything kind of pay off at that point. It takes forever and you need some kind of flow. And that came from the, the new home construction to offset those all front loaded long term costs in the development. There you had to be both, but it's very difficult to be in the building business without lots. Okay, that's for sure. But compared to the things we're doing here in the city, risk reward, say for instance, in the, in the hard money where there, there's risk for sure, but the rewards are pretty strong. The bigger deal is that your money is only out there for nine max a year and you can go liquid again. Brown, I think. Brown, large land development deals that will last 18, 19 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'd say it's very high risk, very long term, all front loaded, and a lot of other businesses are far better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and spoken from someone who's not talking theory, I mean, you've been on the ground and you've seen how things transpire. You're going to laugh at this, Brooke, but just for. Definition purposes, in case someone's not familiar with the difference between developer and builder, because that certainly, hell, if I was interviewing so many people, I wouldn't be able to distinguish between the two. Developer versus builder, I think that would be one and the same. What's the difference between a developer and a builder? It depends on where you are. Here in the city, they call anybody to build a house or rehab to developer. Okay, in my world, when I, I always refer to a developer, and, and it's something hard to pass about term definitions, but I always refer to the developer as someone who developed or created to raw ground, farm, open ground, whatever, and moved the use, went from the internet a raw piece of unentitled property and moved to the recorded lots and ultimately to a finished open lot. And then a builder, in other words, that would, would be in the construction business, vertical ground up type construction would then take it and build a house on it. I, that's how we distinguish it. But again, here in the city, it's, it's a little different. Everybody who rehabs a house is a developer. I think it sounds perhaps a little more sexy or what have you. But the world I came from, a developer is somebody who cuts ground and a builder is somebody who builds houses on that ground. 
now let's talk about the private money lending company, Kane Investments. How do you all differentiate yourselves from the competition? I think we can be best described as going the extra mile for relationship building in our business. We keep in close contact with our borrowers. We have a lot of lunches and meetings with them to go over, I mean, pretty much anything. Sometimes it's just to get together because we like the people and we like to talk real estate. And we've been able to offer a lot of experience and insight into their deals that helps them in the end. I think that is one thing that really does separate us. We're not a big national. You're not just, you know, our customers, our clients, our partners in the deals are not just a number. We build personal relationships with these guys and gals, and it served us well and it serves them well. What type of deals do you lend on? We lend mainly on residential rehabs. We don't do a whole lot of commercial stuff, big apartment buildings. We don't do any of those. Not that we're necessarily opposed to it, but our specialty is residential rehabs. And that's what you see a lot of in Baltimore City. We don't have a big apartment market here. There's a lot of commercial development, but we don't fill that space. We're more of a small-time residential. Got it. Okay. And what type of terms do you offer? We lend out at 12% and three points over nine months. And we'll go up to 65% of the after repair value. And do you lend only in Maryland or nationwide or different footprint? We generally stick to the central Maryland area. We've gone as far as D.C. We have a print deal in D.C. That was our first one. So far, it's gone well. If they come across our table and they're good deals and they're not too far, we'll definitely consider them. But our main areas of focus are Central Maryland area. And Brooke, based on what you've seen with Kane Investments versus your other businesses, how much more or less profitable is private lending compared to other ventures that you've done? Well, if you look at it from uh, a straight ROI, Private lending, I, I think, offers a. Um, I'm not making. You know, during boom times, you can make a bunch of money in land development and new home construction. No two ways about it because the volume in terms of, of your revenue. But in terms of risk reward and in terms of actual return on investment and the fact that the money you can go liquid relatively quick, you don't have that long, interminable exposure to market conditions. There's no comparison between, I think, ground development, new home construction, and what you can do in, in, in private lending or smaller hard money. I know there's a difference between private and hard money. We are hard money lenders. I think it's a much, much uh, more viable business alternative. You have to have a certain amount of liquidity. I know a lot of guys you know, are uh, completely funded on other people's money. I think that's a thinner return if you've got to pay high rates for your capital investors in, then it's a thinner margin for sure. Fortunately, we have a lot of corporate and personal liquidity. We also you know, do our IRAs as self-directed. And we have some investor, kind of a friends and family people, that are here, 
forced into having to generate your capital through higher rate investor funding than it's a digitally centered business. But we certainly like it better than uh, we were in the, in the home building industry in terms of reward exposure. Mm -hmm. And return, quite honestly, because it's hard to generate upper teen returns in, in home building. Over right. Time. You can have great years where you just slam it, and then other years where you don't have to pay taxes because you're lost. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Be comfortable as much as you can be with saying no. I've got this phrase that served me well, although it's very difficult to do because if you're in real estate, you come out of the space for one to do deals. And some of my best deals, believe me, have been the ones we've never made. Tell us a deal that is one of your best ones that you didn't do, and you're, thank goodness you didn't do it. We were poised in 06, 07, when it looked like we were making more money on one house than we made in, in several years during lean times. I mean, look, in a two-year, three years of that, you get to think that's the way life is. And I was poised to do... Probably a deal that was three times as big as any that I've ever done. And I was with partners in the deal. And uh, I eventually woke up one morning and said, I don't feel the deal. I stayed in it another six months. And I went to them and I said, listen, I'm just not feeling this deal. And they said, wow, this is still a great deal. And I walked away and stayed away for another six months thinking, what the heck have I done? <laughs> and they stayed in it another year, lost a million on engineering, another half million on deposits, and I got out. Had I not done that deal, or had I moved forward, that might have been it, because this was a, a much bigger deal, and had I not said no to that, I good chance I wouldn't be here today. Why'd you say no? Because I didn't see the valuations on the lots that were necessary to carry the $19 million deal, which is a ground business, not that big a deal generally, but it sold three years ago. This was in 07. It sold three years ago for $3 million. Oh, goodness. $19 million in 2007. You decided, no, thank you. And then three years ago, it sold for $3 million? Mm -hmm. Actually, I take that back. It was a $17 million contract. $17 million. $17 million to $3 million. That's a fact. Wow. That's an absolute fact. And at that point, we were not a huge company. And I thought, here's 280 lots. I don't have to fight you know, one deal. I can get lots that I, I keep forever and never have to go out and you know, cut another piece of ground. And it would have been... It was a much tougher decision than saying yeah. I can tell you that. It was a much tougher decision and it taught me for sure that the no is not a bad thing to say when you, when you feel it. It doesn't have to be precise. It doesn't have to be extremely obvious. The minute you feel that that deal is not making sense for you, just say no. It's hard to do because you, you want to make a deal. Mm-hmm. And you said you didn't see the valuation of the lots. Was it as black and white as that? The other partner, they kept seeing the valuation, and they were a bigger company, and I thought wider than me. And I said, fine, I just can't keep going. You know, I just, I just don't feel it. And as it 
turned out the market told them. Wow. That makes me hyperventilate a little bit, but thank goodness that you got a deal. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you looking for your next home in a high value market like San Francisco? Gabrielle Doms with Premier Properties is a leading broker whose market knowledge and attention to detail gets results for you. Contact Gabrielle at 415-200-7202. That's 415-200-7202. Best ever book you've read. This is Jared. I'm going to say The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Best ever deal your team has done? Brooke here. I would say making the decision at the depth of the market for us in the, in the building business, which was 2011, moved to Baltimore. We knew that the time to make a move like that, and we physically moved here, and my family, is when everybody else is scared to move. And believe me, I was very frightened to move too. But I knew that the time to do it when everyone else isn't. And they're hunkered down. So by the time the market turned, which possibly it did in 2012, we were in place. Best ever way you like to give back? I'd say we like to give back through education and helping the people that we work with make better deals, make better decisions, and make more money. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with your company? Just our, our email address, and that's Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E at caneinvestments.com and Jared, J-A-R-R-E-D at caneinvestments.com. And that's K-A-I-N-E. Then you also have canehomes.com, right? Yes. Cool. Well, Jared and Brooke, thank you for sharing your insight. And Brooke, thanks for taking us down a trip on why to do or don't do development deals and holy moly that 17 million dollar deal that you didn't do that ended up selling just recently for three million dollars because you didn't see the valuation that is why and having larger more experienced people in the deal who were doing it but you held true and for a little while you're wondering why did i back out but my goodness long term there's no question that was the right decision. Another lesson learned is to have a diversified portfolio. You mentioned the feast and famine nature of development versus the steady, consistent, slow wins the race versus private lending. And I think as real estate investors, regardless of what we're doing right now, we should continue to have a more diversified portfolio so that we do get some of those big chunks of change as well as have something that consistently comes in. So have multiple revenue streams, that's for sure. So thanks so much for being on the show, you two. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Are you looking for your next home in a high value market like San Francisco? Gabrielle Doms with Premier Properties is a leading broker whose market knowledge and attention to detail gets results for you. 
contact Gabrielle at 415-200-7202. That's 415-200-7202.